To the Randomonium Podcast. I'm John Stom. And I'm Danny Gula. And on the ones and twos, well, it's my turn because you guys really handed it to me last week. Yeah. I would say Jeff McCullough is the pretty feeted producer. Feeted? Because he has so many, he's pretty feet. He's, oh, he's pretty, pretty oh. feeted. I thought you were saying he's like, he's feeted. No, he, he claims to have a lo- good looking feet, so he's pretty feeted. Yeah, I thought you were coming up with like some obscure word that you play in Scrabble that you get an argument <laughs> over. A feeted. I think uh, pr- one who has feet. Pretty footed would have made a little more sense. Yeah, it, it, it is true that I have really attractive feet. That's what you say. That's what you have said. I don't before. know what makes a foot attractive. Well, feet can be really unattractive, really take gnarly. A, that is just, true. Just take a look at his feet and you'll know what an attractive Do you want me to show you my feet right now? I've seen your feet before. I mean, I don't mind showing you my feet. I've, I've, we've, we've shared hotel rooms before. I've seen your feet. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're all back. This is the first time yes. in like three weeks that all three of us have been here. Yeah, uh, everybody's had things going on. John was doing some work, and then I was doing some work on my toilet. And then I almost didn't make it in tonight. That's true. Yeah, your kids were sick. We've got bugs ripping through the house. Jeez, Stomach flu is, 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 is it's the season. Tis yeah. the season of the flu. On that note, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Nerf, our first actual sponsor. Hey. So that's pretty cool. Um, and we'll get more into that later. But in the meantime, uh, we'll start talking about our podcast, which is... A little bit about the past, a little bit about the present, and a little bit about the future. That's right. And the twist with the Randomonium podcast is that the past, present, and future segments that each of us have brought are a surprise. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. If you didn't bring the topic, you have no clue what's going on, which is fun to me. That's right. I brought the future. I brought the present. And I'm going to bring a little bit of a past segment up that is technically my wife's idea. I've got to give her credit for. True. Okay. But it's a good one. So we should. you're saying your wife should be here instead of you. Well, she would actually claim that as well. Especially because she's at home right now with kids that are sick. Yeah, so she'd, she'd much rather would be here. Was that? Did you offer that? I thought about it. <laughs> hey, usually, it's a thought that counts. It is a thought that counts. And then you're like, everyone's thrown up. I got to get out of the house. I slowly backed out of the house. Perfect. I'm pretty sure she doesn't even know I left the house. Remember that? You know that Homer Simpson gift that's really, you know where he like slowly yeah, backs yeah. into the yes, bushes into the yeah. bushes. That was Jeff. That was you. Yeah. Or did you like go into the bathroom like I, I got to go to the bathroom? I'm not feeling good, and then duck out the window. No, what I did is I put a bunch of pillows under my sheets in my bed and a mannequin head. Mm. And then I, then and I then you up. also rigged up a cardboard cutout of Michael Jordan into yes. the window and like put it on a train so yes. it's like dancing mm-hmm. around. And then I set my stereo to someone snoring. Yeah, you got or you have a synthesizer for that. Synthesizer, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a mix between Ferris Bueller and <laughs> Home, Alone. Home Alone. Yeah, man, John Hughes made some good movies. John Hughes did not make Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, he did. It's Chris Columbus. No, it's John. Hughes. Chris Columbus produced it. John Hughes made it. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. He's a genius. He is a genius. Well, he was. That's a bold word. Yeah, Lord rest his soul. <laughs> uh, yeah, he really captured. Uh, well, we can get it. That we could do a whole past segment on John Hughes. We're almost done with the podcast right now with the <laughs> amount of topics that we have just covered. <laughs> We're all over the place. This is the intro of the podcast. This Speak- is the longest cold open we've ever done. There's a lot to talk about though, and even the future of this podcast. That is something that we are going to get into because we've decided that we do have a lot to talk about all the time, and this podcast perfectly encapsulates that. And we're going to take that to our YouTube channel. True. It's a little bit of a tease because we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on in the podcast. That's yeah. right. Hang on. But before we go to the future, let's rewind to the past. Mm. All 
Alright, welcome to the past, everybody. What do you got for us, Jeff? Okay, so we threw this topic out on some of our social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media? Social media on the YouTube and uh, on Patreon. the Patreons, yeah. yeah. So, um, this is a, a, a topic that came up in a conversation I was having with my wife. Um, and she was talking about something that she under- she misunderstood as a kid. And it was funny when she kind of got a little bit older and realized, wow, I totally didn't understand that correctly. I love this. Yeah. Um, like I'll, nip it in the butt. It's not nip it in the butt. No. It's not. It's nip it in the bud. You thought it was butt? I, I thought, thought it was butt too. I thought it was butt. Yeah, I thought it was like kind of like kick yeah. them in the butt. Kick it in the butt. Kick you got it. In the butt. Okay. No, it's like see, cutting off the that. bud of the flower. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, right. you got to nip them. It's part of the pruning process. Yeah. So, um, like one immediately popped into my head uh, for me. I remember driving in a car with my parents. I was probably maybe eight years old. And this is like at the, in 1980s, and you know, space shuttles are going up and down into space. Yeah. And one of my favorite movies was Space Camp. Yes. And I like I knew that people went up and down to space. It was a pretty common thing. But for some reason, I was like having this mental block. I, I guess a misunderstanding of gravity. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was thinking that somehow or another we were on the inside of the Earth and not on the surface of it. Ah. And I remember driving in the car and asking my dad like. Dad, where are the edges? Like, where's the edges of the Earth? He's like, what do you mean? Like, is the Earth flat? I'm like, no, like, where are the walls? He's like, <laughs> he didn't say it this way, but he's like, dude, we're on the surface of the Earth. And I'm like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I don't know why it didn't click. Well, I mean, me, that's but... until you realize there is an ice wall around us and we are on uh, a yeah, flat Earth. Yes, until I watch the Mark Sargent YouTube videos. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's crazy. There was some video that was going around, uh, I think it was maybe on Twitter or something like that, like not that long ago, where this girl had the exact same thought process. She was like, but she was, you know, the video is hilarious because it's like, it's her realizing it um, oh, while, and, she's... while she's making this video and she's like talking to her parents or something like that. And it's the same kind of thing where she's like, she thought we were inside the earth and they're like, no, we're like, we're on the surface. Right. It's confusing because you got the atmosphere, which right. is like this outer yeah. layer. So it feels like we're kind of inside, but you well, got, yeah. And also, you got to think too, like just from a like centrifugal force kind of idea. Like, oh, that makes sense. The Earth spins, so it keeps us sucked to the to the Earth. Like, yeah, okay. I don't even know if I was even thinking that much into it. It was just like it's. It was probably, and I don't want to sound condescending to flat earthers, but it's that like childish logic of kind of like, well, if we're on the surface of the earth wouldn't we like fly out into space so we must be inside it you're very concerned with insulting flat earthers and i am not (laughs) (laughs) um those people are crazy i have to say and this is a little bit of a rabbit trail that we'll need to come back from but when i watched the documentary on netflix if you don't know what we're talking about it's a previous podcast episode and there's a documentary called uh behind the curve on netflix the scientists like the actual scientists tell you like don't be condescending toward flat earthers because they're actually asking good questions. They're just going about it the wrong way. Yeah. Treat people with dignity, which I think is a healthy exercise this day and age with the type of dialogue that takes place. Yes. Now, it sounds like that scientist was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. We digress. Yes. Danny digresses. I digest. So uh, what about you guys? Are, are there any things that you can think of from your childhood that you got a little bit older? You were like, oh, right. I didn't understand that correctly. Yes, I do. And this one's going to make me sound really stupid. Oh, come on. We're all stupid here. We're all really stupid. When I told this to my wife before she was like wait no you didn't no you didn't really think that you didn't, and i was like yeah i really thought that now i don't know i really don't know what age i was when i figured this out and i wish i could remember because it was probably i was probably embarrassingly old like to to realize this mm-hmm. but i thought that before the invention of 
like color TVs and color pictures that life, real life, was black and white. That's a common one. Is it? You're yeah. not alone there, John. Okay. I thought the same thing, and my older brother made fun of me, like, mercilessly. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I am so glad to hear that there are other people like me. And I my feel... proof was just watch an old movie. They're, They're black all black and white. And white. Yeah. It makes total They didn't sense. invent color until later. Yeah. So yeah. the thing that kind of started this conversation with me and my wife is her thing was, which is actually sounds really torturous. Um, she, uh, growing up, going to Sunday school... Remembered a Sunday school teacher one time teaching about sin, saying that sin is like an itch, and um, and you really want to scratch it, but you can't. But in her little brain, she heard itching is sin. All right. <laughs> so yeah. anytime she had an itch, she wouldn't itch it growing yeah. up because she thought that that was somehow. Oh wrong. no, that oh, sounds that, awful. That had to give her some serious like mental or emotional problems for a while like because that's like a form of torture having an itch you can't seriously scratch. i mean just talking about it, i'm feeling itches i'm like yeah. i need to scratch that oh itch. my goodness can't do it man that's a sin that's so horrible. we did get a couple um online that i want to share with you so uh gaming with ag and ac or gaming with ag and ack said that he thought that the computer understood what he was saying all the time so mm. the, like computer consciousness which danny actually would probably say is true <laughs> Um, <laughs> not, yet. not yet. Adam Huber, uh, who we work with at VAT19, would also. I'm going to throw him under the bus. Oh yeah, he's totally convinced that all of our devices are listening to us at all the, all the time. Well, and that's a lot of people that are convinced on that, and yeah. like they think it's their phones. Like I could say, I could see maybe a computer doing it, but. Um, your phone's battery would die too much if it was constantly sending out your voice to other places all the time. Like, think about the, like, how fast your battery dies when you're on the phone versus when it's just in your pocket. Yeah, your I, computers are not listening to you. I had a similar one, though, whenever I was, like, in grade school and high school. I was tired of my TV shows being canceled whenever I'd like a TV show. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that ratings were calculated based on they could sense what channels everybody was tuned into. That's oh. what I thought, So too. I would purposefully, like, if I was going somewhere and my show was gonna be on and i wasn't gonna be able to be there to watch it i'd turn the tv on and turn it to that channel so that whoever was like monitoring things would show yeah this household is watching that there show. you go that's i i thought that same thing i thought that's how ratings worked i thought they could just tell when your tv was tuned into a specific channel similar yeah. to another one that we got someone was saying that they thought that when you go to a stoplight that there are people in like offices somewhere watching you on cameras controlling the lights. <laughs> and um, we're going to go green. green. Okay, go green. Oh, there's somebody there. There's somebody there. <laughs> Got a lot of offices. That's amazing. Yeah. That makes sense though. Like, I mean, you, if you've never noticed the little like sensors in the roads before, you'd probably wonder like how the traffic lights even. Yeah. So here's one from Meh Meh. Um, I think I was around four or five when this happened, but I remember being in the doctor's office and my mom asking if I needed to go to the restroom. I definitely thought she meant I needed to go into a room and take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the restroom. That's the rest where you rest. It's really a horrible name for it. Um, the British people call it the water closet, which is also confusing. Well, that's, well, that's because they have, um, because of how old all those buildings are, the, where their toilets were and where their tubs were were different things. Yeah. So, oh, I got a good one for me. I just realized I thought, I thought... When I was younger, that if you just got muscles and you worked out and got muscular, your muscles grew over your your hair, your body hair, and that's why muscular guys never had body hair. <laughs> I thought it just like your hair stayed where it was and your muscles got thick, like bigger, and like the hair just went into your body. You obviously didn't see guys like Tom Selleck who would flaunt that. Yeah. No, because you know I was, a, I was I was a kid in the late '80s, early '90s when like it was the Arnold Schwarzenegger shaved chest and oiled yeah. up kind of yeah. look. 
That's awesome. Um, that's amazing. And that's that's what I thought. I thought like, and I remember saying this to my dad once. I remember in the garage saying like, when I'm older, I'm not gonna have uh, like a hairy chest. I'm gonna have muscles instead. And I'm sure my dad was like, whatever. What's happening to my son? <laughs> this one's kind of awesome. Speaking of sons and dads, Daniel Wardell um, says that when I was a kid, my dad showed me the movie The Santa Claus with Tim Allen, and I thought it was a real thing that if your dad pushed Santa off the roof, that he'd be the new Santa. I tried to get my dad to stay up and wait for Santa for two years to push him off the roof. <laughs> dad, just, come on, Dad, just kill Santa. Just do it. I really want to go to the North Pole. <laughs> Hang on, so this kid wanted his dad to murder the guy who's going to bring him free presents every so year. So that his dad could become Santa. It's like, for a good oh cause. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> just take one for the team. Just, you got you to gotta break a few eggs. Oh, my God. I don't know if... This one's really weird or not, because I don't know if I even knew this one. Red Octane says, I was 12 years old when I finally realized that pineapples didn't grow on trees. Huh? Where do pineapples grow? I thought they grew on trees. I thought they grew on trees, too. Maybe it's a bush? Or maybe he's totally messing with maybe us. Maybe he's, yeah, maybe he's messing with us. Maybe. We're, well, we're going to Google that right now. We're going to Google that right now. While you're Googling that one, let me tell you the one that my wife has told me before. Here. When she was a girl, she was in like dance and stuff like that. And um, her mom told her, like, uh, when she was pretty little, like, okay, you know, first time up on stage, like, in between scenes or whatever, they're going to turn off all the lights or they're going to close the curtains or whatever. And it's going to be really dark. So don't be scared. It's going to be pitch black. And she heard peach black so for many years she was like why is everyone saying peach black like peaches, peaches are not black not black at all no um here's one from speaking of wives danny's wife shared one with me because i was telling her that we were going to be doing this topic perfect oh. she's this one is fantastic um she said that she believed in the old i guess wives tale or whatever that if you breathe while passing a cemetery that you would be cursed that's kind of a yeah a, a, what is it called? Superstition. Right, 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 right. Yep. And the thing, uh, the thing about that one is that it got complicated for her because her mom took her somewhere one time and had her wait in the car and definitely parked right outside the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> so she said she was in her car, like trying to hold her breath the entire time so she wouldn't be cursed. Yeah, she she told me that story once because she still does it. We drive by a cemetery, so she'll hold hold her breath sometimes. But yeah, they're like they, pineapples growing like a little like bush thing, huh? Well, um, it's like the flower. It is the flower. I totally should have known that because I've been to the Dole Plantation when I was a kid. Really? And I just totally like haven't thought about that in a long time. Huh. Well, we all just grew up a little. Yeah, we, we all did. did. Um, that the old your old wives' tale um thing reminded me. I thought it was old wise tale. Oh. Like Ooh. wise people said the it. Old wise. wise tale. would make a little bit more sense. Yeah. yeah. It's an old wise tale. See, that's the thing with those is like they kind of make sense when you mishear it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last one. This was for me. Um, I, I have my earliest memory. This one's crazy. The, the earliest memory that I have is I was in a house that we moved out of when I was a year and a half years old. And I remember this from that house. I don't know how. But I remember being a little over a year old and in my room playing at night when I should have been in bed. And my mom told me to get in bed. And when she closed the door and the room got dark, I remember my brain thinking that the walls just disappeared. Mm. So like having no, I don't know how I preserved this memory, but I had no concept of like spatial dimensions or anything yeah. like that. So because I couldn't see the walls, I suddenly thought I was in this like infinite black abyss. Ooh, that's Whoa, frightening. That's, that's, that's scary. I know. It is scary. I, I didn't feel scared though. It was like, just oh, like, this oh, is what happens. Everything just changed. It makes sense why when our kids, you know, have an emotional breakdown about something you just cannot logically understand like you just they have no context they have no yeah they just yeah. can't reason through it so yeah <laughs> yeah maybe we should move to the present <clears throat> let's do it let's do it before we head into the present danny 
tell us about our sponsor. All right, so I want to take a moment to talk about Nerf, mm. like our first awesome sponsor, yes. which is great. Um, they actually reached out to us before VidCon last year and and gave us you know uh, some passes to their exclusive Nerf, Nerf zone. We got the fast track to see the front of it. It was a really cool setup, uh, and they've continued to reach out to us and love uh, what we do on Randomonium. Uh, and are really they're celebrating 50 years of Nerf. I bet you didn't know 1969 is when Nerf was founded. That's really? crazy. Yeah. I've been a big fan of Nerf my whole life, but I didn't realize it went back that much further, yeah. you know, earlier than me. Yeah, it went back that far, and now we're a part of official hashtag Nerf Nation. Nerf Nation? <laughs> Nerf Nation, which means they sent us a bunch of Nerf stuff, which my kids are going to shoot a lot. You know, Nerf is a really fun word. I was just Nerf. thinking about, do you think it came from, like, it's like an onomatopoeia of, like, when somebody got hit in Nerf. the head with one of their darts? <laughs> Nerf. Yeah, I, I probably made that sound when I got hit, but, yeah. you know, my household, we're big Nerf fans. John knows it. He, he came over to my son's birthday party this summer, and oh, yeah. we had a huge Nerf party, huge battle, all the kids out. I had, like, thousands of darts all over my yard, barricades everywhere, tons of fun. Um, but definitely check out uh, hashtag Nerf Nation online if you want to see kind of some of the stuff that people are doing and some of the cool new uh, Nerf blasters that... Uh, they're coming out with this year. Cool is an understatement because when we were kids, Nerf was obviously cool, but like there was only a few different weapons I that were know. like everyone had the same ones, and they were kind of like okay, they were, they were they were interesting, but they weren't like awesome. Yeah, these Nerf blasters in 2019 are ridiculous. Have you seen these, Jeff? I have. I mean, they've got straight up like Tommy guns and stuff. They're like amazing. That. They're super cool. I love. They've got like the whole zombie thing. They've got like a post-apocalyptic thing they've got star wars nerf guns they've got marvel nerf guns it's cool super cool so special thanks to to nerf for uh sending us all that stuff and and letting us have a lot of fun with it so uh we'll show some stuff on social media if you follow us on there and we'll uh we'll kind of show all the cool stuff that we've got going on with nerf this year so thanks That's a right. lot All right, into the present, guys. Mm. Um, my segment, it's not as fun as Jeff's. Um, way to just sell it. But <laughs> I, can, I, I can hear everyone turning off their phones right now. <laughs> hey, everybody, the podcast is about to get really Switching boring. to another podcast. My segment is boring. Thanks, no. Danny. Um, I, I just think it's a fascinating conversation as to, like, you know, when you're when you're walking that line on something. So um, in the news a lot recently, people have been talking about vaccinations. There's been a ton of talk about vaccinations in the news recently, uh, mostly because there's been a huge measles outbreak on the in the Northwest, uh, mm -hmm. which is crazy because in the year 2000, uh, the CDC declared measles defeated. Mm. Like, not just like, oh, yeah, nobody gets it anymore. They're like, we did it. It's, it's an extinct. It's like, it, yeah, like, and I remember there being a news uh, story. I remember this, like, this is the first time that we've intentionally made something extinct like they had a sample and they're like kill it like get rid of this disease hmm. um and it happened through vaccination but now um there's this big anti-vax movement going around maybe just explain like what anti-vax is so yeah if you're not familiar with anti-vax basically people who um for a variety of reasons might believe that it's not a good idea to vaccinate your children um, or anybody in general. Um, and some people believe it for uh, religious reasons. Uh, some people believe that uh, it is tied to autism. Um, I, and I, I just want to firmly state that that's been scientifically disproven over and over and over again. It, it's been irrefutably disproven, disproven by, by the scientific community. But people still believe that. Um, and there's a bunch of other reasons. Some people just be, think of it for generic freedom. Like you shouldn't be forcing me to do anything if I don't want to put my 
child through that. And other pain. people are just downright conspiracy. Like they believe yeah, that yeah. it's the government somehow trying yeah. to inject us with chemicals. Yeah, stuff. some people think it's chemicals or trackers or all kinds of things. They think the flu vaccine is just like a way for people to get continually like checked up on by the government. Um, so yeah, YouTube's cracking down. They're hoping that by de demonetizing these videos, people won't want to make them anymore. Um, Facebook is going to make it less prominent. They're going to show them less in the feeds. All health articles are eligible for fact checking they're going to have now. And those that are deemed false are going to rank lower. Uh, Amazon has pulled all anti-vaccine documentaries. Hmm. So any anti-vax documentary that was on Amazon Prime video is now pulled. That said, they are getting a lot of flack right now, Amazon, is because though they've pulled the documentaries, right. they're still selling tons of books on it. Right. Hmm. Um, and so like people are kind of stepping up and saying this is this is a big deal. We need to do that. And there's a variety of reasons. There's the... There's the whole measles outbreak in the north northwest. Um, now, is that tied to anti-vax? Like, is that proven? Yes. yes. Okay. That the, in in states where there are loose vaccination laws, um, there are higher instances of these diseases. <clears throat> um, there are two. There were 200 cases of mumps in one single uh, ice facility, um, which w was causing people to say, like, "Hey, we need to vaccinate these people when they come in, like, because they're coming from places where they don't have access to them." and Mumps is a serious thing. AKA Vaxxess. Yeah. <laughs> Vaccine access. John always coming up with the good names there. That's good. And then most notably, I think a really cool story that's happened is there was a teenager who was a child of an anti-vax parent mm -hmm. um, who once he became 18, like he started as he was getting older, looking into options that he could do, um, actually went and got himself vaccinated as an adult against the uh, desires of his parents and just recently went to Congress to testify on like his own behalf to kind of tell his story is what's going on. Um, and so with all of that, um, going in there, I wanted to ask you guys this question. When is freedom important enough to say that like, Hey, it's, it's your individual freedom. You have the choice as a, as an individual, you have rights, whether it's your religious beliefs or your personal beliefs that you don't believe something's going on to make that decision. Cause it is your life or your child's life, at least to make that decision. It's a tough one. It's a... That's a really complex question because, like, I think that, you know, there's so many ways you can apply your answer to uh, lots of different um, lots of different things that you believe, that you might believe. that You know, so I might say something that I'm like, oh, I might backpedal on that. It's not, you know, I'm just kind of working this all out in my brain. Definitely, uh, you know, personally, very, very much for vaccines. Right. Um, I don't really follow the whole, um, all the stories of the anti-vaxxers and then the... The, you know, the movement against the anti-vaxxers. I don't really follow it that closely, but looking at it from just kind of a very bird's eye uh, view, like I, I don't really see any correlation between vaccinating and um, any of the things that they're claiming. I think it's like one of the, it's a flat earth sure. type situation where right. when you put that idea in someone's head, like, hey, the earth is flat. Look at this and this and this. It kind of makes sense. And right. people are like, wait, that does kind of make sense. And then they start to see, we've talked about this on the podcast before. They start to, people that believe it start to find answers that support their belief rather than scientifically testing um, objectively. Right. So the, the example here in this specific scenario is uh, a lot of anti-vaxxers who believe like, hey, vaccines cause things like autism yeah. uh, would cite that as vaccines have increased, diagnosis of uh, autism has increased. But uh, the very easily explainable reason for that is it's not that 
more people are having autism now. It's that we now understand autism a whole lot more and we diagnose things that weren't previously diagnosed as autism as autism, as understanding it as what they say, the spectrum. Like there's a spectrum of autism. Right. Yeah. So there are a greater number of things that are actually some kind of autism, but people are just experiencing them differently. And people didn't even understand autism years ago. So you're right. It's, it's people kind of explaining things. But there are a lot of people, though, who say um, her just doing it for the religious reasons. They have a religious belief that they should not vaccinate their child. Um, so now where does religious freedom come into play when it because like the, we, that is one of the founding principles of this nation like we were founded by people uh, fleeing religious persecution so are you going to say like well that is your religious belief so i need to support that i for me i'm glad you bring up the flat earthers because those are two i think prominent kind of conspiracy theories that people are really buying into and it's making ripples in the social conversation um the difference for me between the flat earthers and the anti-vax people is that f there's nothing about a flat earther um, you know, way of thinking as misguided as you might think it is, that is putting another person like their well-being at risk. True. Whereas the anti-vax people, there's another human being that you're making decisions for and you're putting them directly in harm's way. Um, I've always had a hard time with, um, and I know I don't ride motorcycles, so most guys who do would probably be really annoyed with what I'm saying, but I was actually driving down the interstate, um, probably five or six years ago and I called 911 because there was a guy without a helmet riding on his motorcycle on and for people around St. Louis you'll know what this is on 270 which is it's a big highway five yeah. lanes or whatever yeah. it is with like a five-year-old girl Ugh. between Ugh. his legs without a helmet on as well no. going like 65 70 That's miles horrible. an hour it's like I called 911 and they were like well there's technically no laws against that and I'm like, well, there should be because yeah. putting, somebody, putting else, somebody else at risk. Yeah, yeah. she has well, no choice. She has no real understanding of her own danger. Exactly. And I think of the motorcycle thing is here too, because I got to go back and forth on the motorcycle thing because I understand um, the argument of people like, well, it's it's my life, it's my head. If I don't want to wear one, that's my decision. If I don't want to be as safe, like that's that's my my decision. But the the thing that I step into there is again, it's just where when does it affect other people, and that's when laws need to be put into place. And in my opinion, uh, if you're going to get in a car, into a motorcycle accident without a helmet, now you've put a larger requirement on the medical services that are needed to take care of you. So whether that's going to be in the hospital where somebody else is going to need care and you're taking up a bed, or that's going to be in the partially taxpayer funded system of, of ambulances that have to come help you. So now you're creating a thing and like you, if you fly, cause like people fly off motorcycles all the time, get up, get back on and leave. But if you fly off a motorcycle without a helmet, you might, you, you might not get up. So now you've caused a traffic jam. You're affecting everybody else. Like, so you're affecting the greater society around you by not taking care of yourself the way that you objectively should. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I land on the, on the vaccine thing is like, I understand religious freedom and I'm very for it. Like I, I, I think, um, even people who, who make all kinds of other religious arguments, I'm like, as long as what you're doing doesn't affect the other society around you, fine. But in this situation, it does. It definitely and it's, does. It's, it's kind of like seatbelt laws. Like we, we require people wear seatbelts because it affects everybody else around you and it affects your safety. So we make a law where you can be punished for not doing it. Yeah. It's your, your life. You're going to die, but it's going to affect others around you. So you cannot do it. And that's kind of where I land on it. Like it is a it is a tricky situation though because there are some other reasons. The but the the conspiracy reasons and all those, I think it's just like it's people who are not educated enough, and in certain issues, um, spreading problems and, and creating an issue. Like we we defeated measles and it's back. 
Let me play the other side of the coin here just a little bit, just from the standpoint of like, this is an agitating issue that mm-hmm. it's, it's really unfortunate, truly, that, for example, diseases that had been controlled are now out of control again. Um, but would this be classified kind of in the first world problems type of thing? Are you saying that the, the concern to the concern of people kind of saying like, no, we need to put things in place to stop these anti-vaxxers? Or are you saying the anti-vaxxers are the ones who have the first world problems? No, I'm saying that uh, us as Americans having to kind of course correct here, a conspiracy that was initially really tied. It wasn't even a religious thing. It was tied to the autism. That's yeah. what really kind of precipitated the anti-vax movement. The fact that we studied it and we said, no, this isn't a problem. And now we're just trying to get this wildfire under control to me is is a, a manageable issue that I think we need to be vigilant with, but still makes me really happy that it's not something that is, you know, debility, like, for example, in Mexico right now, the amount of like just drug wars and stuff that's going out of control right. that there's most parts of Mexico are like unsafe to live in. And there's a lot of stuff going on that the government cannot get their arms around. I, I'm just I'm just I'm not saying that anti-vex is not a problem. But I think that this is kind of the natural progression that a society has to take in order to kind of move in that right direction. Yeah, I think it's kind of a thing that I mean, you got to look at what America represents. Like, uh, so where we sit, like, we're not just this nation. We're kind of like a we're a symbol for for the world. We were this we 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 started this whole idea of the modern democracy. Like now we didn't create the idea of democracy in general, but like we were like kind of this foundation that people started. It started this kind of chain reaction for the world kind of doing this. And then it became like the American dream is now the thing that people all over the world kind of like in disenfranchised nations kind of like, Hey, I want to go live the American dream. And at the center of that is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the moment that you don't, uh, and the moment that you don't take into consideration your actions and how they affect the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness of somebody else, like that, that becomes a problem. And I think that's why we have to kind of say, like, okay, why are we, why are we l- putting forward these new laws? Because it's not even just a thing where it's like, hey, like people are making these decisions. Like people are actively like pursuing legislation. Like in Arizona, um, I think they just passed in their house um, where they were putting forth legislation to be like, no, people need to be able to opt out more. Like you can opt out of the required um, vaccines in our state. And the governor has stood up and said, I will never sign a bill like this. We will make sure our, our citizens are safe. Um, because, yeah, some people like it's out of their control. They were born this way and they cannot get a vaccine. And you, we think we have the right to take their safety away from them because you're afraid your kid's going to get vac- or you're afraid your kid's going to get autism from something that's not even proven. Like you're just you're you're. Um, your ignorance on, on the issue is going to cause some other ch- harmless, like, you know, innocent child harm yeah, um, or put them at risk. And I think that's kind of the idea why it's kind of important to everybody. I know it is like a first world problem, but I think it's just like kind of a journey like, OK, we need to uh, we need to nip this in the bud to use mm. <laughs> to use a turn of phrase that we learned Boom. about this morning. Yeah. Full circle here. Mm. Um, I think you, I think we do need to nip it in the bud before it becomes a bigger issue. Sure. Because if if people are if there are states putting forward leg- legislation to do this, that means like it, some places in the country it's moving in the opposite direction. And I think, I think that that's, that's a good. good. I think that speaks to like America, uh, any society really. Also, because like, yeah, there are plenty of freedoms here, but like within reason, you know, like we've said a couple of them, the the motorcycle uh, helmet laws and stuff, but also like drinking laws you know mm-hmm. you, not just anybody can just you can't give a 
four-year-old a glass of wine like yeah. that's just irresponsible you can't even give a grown adult a glass of wine like a legal adult right an 18 year old yeah until they're 21 so um yeah there are laws in place that protect us and it reminds me of um i think it's tim keller um this is not the same context at all this is a this is a metaphor that's used um for uh you know something more theological but basically it kind of applies so like um the idea that like a fish lives in the water lives under the water his whole life his whole existence is in the water if you take him out of the water he dies so at at first glance it's like wouldn't it be more freeing to let the fish come out of water like get it, get the fish out of the water he's, he's being held captive in this water like he can only live there like what if he just took away the water he can he, he can live anywhere well no the, you take him out of that environment that constraint and he dies. Yeah. So yeah, those sometimes, constraints, sometimes constraints are actually life-giving, not, you know, life-destroying. Yeah, like the healthy constraints offer more freedom because now that right. person has the freedom He's to live more and thrive. Free, more free in the water. take them out of those constraints, yeah. Yes. And that's the essence of, I think, how our country is supposed to operate. That You've got all of these different rights that kind of balance and counterbalance one another. Yeah. You can't just say everybody's got the freedom to do everything. And you can't go in the opposite direction as well, but you have all these different rights, the Bill of Rights and the laws mm-hmm. and all these other things that have to constantly correct one another mm-hmm. to make sure that that balance is where it needs to be. Yeah, I think so. I, I think just to kind of wrap that all up, I think I think it's a good thing and I think it's I think it's healthy and I'm glad we're having the discussion because it does really, I think it, this particular thing it kind of like shows how our country should and does work. Like... Yeah, like you, I mean, you don't have to live in that state. Like, that's a brilliant thing about living in a nation of multiple states instead of being in living in one state, like most nations, is like if you don't like the laws in one state, you can move to another. If you don't, if Arizona passes this law, you can, you can move. Um, now, it, with diseases, it's a little different because diseases spread, like, it's not just confined to the arbitrary borders of a state. But I think it's a, I think it's a really cool observation of watching our democracy work Mm -hmm. so do you think that applies like moving to different like states of time like for example can we move from like the present to the future now Mm. let's hit that fast forward button i have a wonderful electronic invention i want you to see (laughs) it looks something like this This is the future. Are you guys ready? I am ready. I am actually really excited. About okay, this. that makes me. I've excited. been waiting for the future my whole life. I've always <laughs> been told the future's now. You're never gonna get there. That's the thing with the future. It's just it's always like it's right the, on the, the other side is of now. Right in front yeah. of you. Well, I'm actually really excited about what I'm gonna talk about. So, have you guys been paying attention to what's been going on with SpaceX in the last week? Yeah, uh, they're doing yeah. some things. They're doing some really awesome things. Really cool stuff. They're always doing stuff that's like pushing, literally pushing the envelope. Not literally. They're well, pushing they, the they edges. They pushed the... a few envelopes, like in the office. They're shooting for the stars. They're shooting for, there it is. Ooh, I knew there was a metaphor for the stars here. Here. Or, 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 yeah, a phrase here. Okay, so SpaceX is a private um, space company. Yep. Let's just go ahead and just... That sounds very futuristic. It sounds <laughs> like made private space Generic company. future. Like, this is a space company. Right. A space company. Sounds so <laughs> r- ridiculous. But, okay, so w- we grew up in the era of NASA. Yeah. Mm. And that's a government agency, the National Aeronautical Space Administration. Boom. Um, I had a third grade teacher who was, like, obs- obsessed with space. She, yep. That was her, like, her thing. You know how, like, grade school teachers have a thing? Oh, yeah. Hers was space and space shuttles and all that. Sure. So I was really into it. NASA was everything. NASA was huge. And then, like, somewhere around, I don't know, the end of the the 2000s into the 
2010s, like it kind of disappeared as, not, not that it disappeared, NASA's still there, but like the space shuttles stopped going. They, they shuttered the space shuttles eight years ago. Shuttered yeah. it. They shuttled it. Shuttered they just, the shuttles. They, they just scuttled them. Scuttled the, sh the shuttle. They scuttled the shuttle. They scuttled the shuttered <laughs> shuttles. <laughs> anyway. The whole thing is no longer. It's 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 not a thing anymore. That and made me so sad because I always thought the space shuttles looked really cool. Space shuttle was it was like a basically an airplane that went into space. That was the that was the dream. Yeah. It never kind of really worked out that way. Problem is they stopped building them like forty years ago. Oh yeah, they were old and they do you do you remember the the tiles on the bottom of them? Mm -hmm. Bottom yeah. of them, bottoms of them. Wow. Do you remember the the tiles on the bottom? Yeah, the heat shields. I can't say this. <laughs> Try again. Do you remember the like the tiles on the bottoms of the space shuttles? Yeah. Yes. Like when they would come in re-entry, they would just burn up all these tiles, and yeah. they'd have to put them all back on. Yeah. That's very expensive. That's part of the process is to put the thing that burns off on it. Not at all reusable. Okay, so that's kind of where I'm going is like, uh, because the space shuttle program is kind of gone, and there's just not government funding for like sending. Americans into space the way we've been doing it we've we've still been putting Americans in space since yeah. the space shuttle program ended um do you know how we've done it I know you know because we talked yeah, about this actually we, recently. we talked about this you know so we we basically pay the Russians like a mm -hmm. ridiculous amount of money yeah um and it completely covers the cost of not only just like getting our American up into the International Space Station um, but it like it completely pays for it and they they profit off of it and, and what are they doing with it we don't know and it's crazy because I mean that was the 1950s and yes. 60s it was the space race and we're just basically I mean if you if you rewind to like the 80s and try imagining like uh, we would be paying the Russians all this cash like not just, on Ronald Reagan's watch right I know mm -hmm. it sounds so crazy so all right along comes in the in the background along comes SpaceX and Boeing another private company who's been around forever making airplanes and stuff um, and also working with NASA a lot yeah um, these companies are working on basically privatizing space travel so no which, longer which the little libertarian inside of me says oh, heck yeah heck yeah mm -hmm. yeah so SpaceX has been doing incredible things. I've been following them for the last, I don't know, five or so years. It's been really cool to see. They have, uh, you know, tested and eventually uh, got the hang of, like, re like landing their rockets vertically after they take off. Which, which is, is the most entertaining thing to watch in the world. I remember the first time I saw it and I thought it was fake. And the crazy thing about that is, is that NASA tried that time and time again. Yeah. That's how they thought they were going to be able to land on the moon. Yeah. Before they had the actual lunar lander. Yeah. They were trying to figure out ways to do it and they just blew up rocket after rocket. It's incredibly difficult. I can't imagine how they figured it out, but that's... That's okay. So like Elon Musk owns SpaceX and his whole thing is making space travel extremely um, reusable and then eventually cheap so that we can get to Mars. Yeah. His, his entire purpose, mm -hmm. um, he owns SpaceX, he owns Tesla, um, he does a bunch of other stuff, but his entire purpose is funding getting people to Mars so that we can be a multi-planetary species. Which have we considered that he's a Bond villain? Oh, for sure. Because mm -hmm. like he, like, yeah, it sounds like, oh, awesome awesome guy helping society but then on the other hand it's like eccentric supervillain mm -hmm. billionaire yeah who's kind of he looks kind of evil he has oh. a cat yeah totally has his cat he's got a cat he's got a kind of a bit of a weird accent oh he's, had the eccentric girlfriend for a while there yeah true. and he's like going into space while he's building subterranean super tunnels yes exactly it's all Come very on, very suspicious so maybe he's a robot that's actually yeah i would believe that too now, okay, so SpaceX um, beat Boeing and all of its competitors in just this last week. They sent the first 
um, crew ready. Now there was no crew, like human crew inside it, but there was, it was a crew ready capsule into space. Yeah. So they used their rockets that they've been testing for years, which launch up, they, 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 the previous ones have shot like cargo up to the International yep. Space Station. Been doing that for a couple of years, which is incredible. Then the rocket goes down and lands like on a, not just on the ground. They can do that no problem, but yep. they land on a freaking floating platform. Now, what's the purpose of that? Is that just because it's safer to land and like you're not going to risk other things landing in the ocean? Do you, do you know? I, I think it's because launch pads are crazy expensive and they've got lots of equipment on them. And like the launch pads that they're using right now are actually ones that they use for the Apollo missions. So if it's gonna go down, they want it to be kind of offshore where it minimizes the damage. Mm, I that, think that's, that's what makes sense. I think that's me. a big part of it too. Yeah, there's it's all tied into the reusability and the uh, making everything cheaper yeah. and everything like that. Now they sent this one up with their spacesuit too, right? With yeah. dummies, which with... looks awesome. Yeah, their space, the new spacesuit, the SpaceX spacesuit looks way cooler than what you imagine, like the old NASA like giant puffy marshmallow thing yeah. like floating around in space. It looks like. Would you imagine a super cool future space? It's what you want it to look like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So they sent it. So it's not a person, like we said, but it's it's a dummy full of like sensors and stuff. So I think it's like kind of human-like in that, like they can get a lot of readings from it and figure out what it would do to a person. Yeah. Um, Make sure that the capsule is actually going to work. So their plan is now that this was a complete success. Spoiler alert. Um, they're going to launch um, this summer. Sometime is the plan, like July maybe. To launch they're going to they're going to launch with a crew. Wow, that's awesome. Now that now now while it went up without a crew, um, people from the space station went into it. True. Once it docked, because yep. it actually docked up. They got supplies off. They went inside and hung out with the the, the spaceman. Yep. Space dummies. There's, space dummies. There's a Russian up there. At least at least one. I think there's a maybe an American up there too. I can't remember who's up there right now. Now this is going to be really xenophobic of me. Are you gonna do a Russian exit? No, uh, no. I always imagine they've kind of gone a little stir crazy because I, in my head, I think Russia leaves the guys up there too long. Yeah, no. like, oh, new room, definitely. <laughs> um, I'm like, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's the the, the Russians' fault that they're stir crazy. I think it's their government's fault for leaving them up there, and it's probably not true at all. But I think it happened in like. Armageddon, where they went up there and the guy was a little yeah. Uh, yeah. off. We're basing all of this on, on, on Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's probably which true. is based on a true story, isn't it? I believe so. Totally, yeah. yeah, they nuked the asteroid and the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But that that movie has shaped my perception of what a cosmonaut's like, and it's always <laughs> like the stir crazy guys. Like, I've been up here too long. I think now that you say that, I feel like that's definitely what I think. Of Wasn't it too. the guy from Fargo too? The bad yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> that's perfect. Perfectly cast. This oh, is yeah. so perfectly cast. Uh, but yeah, like it sucks because like those guys are just probably awesome scientists up there doing their business. But in my head, as soon as you say like Russian in space, I imagine crazy guy who's yep. been up there too long. Yep. Yeah. Well, what's really cool is that like, so this is going to totally cut off our dependency on Russia because yeah, it's really expensive for right now for us to, to send a rocket, have it like land on a ship and then send this expensive new technological capsule up to the space. It's very expensive right now, but it's got seven seats which is different than most capsules, which are much smaller. So you can load that up with a lot of That's, people. Isn't that more than the space shuttle too? Uh, I think it might be. I, I don't know. The space shuttle, I thought you could do eight. You might be right. I, I could be wrong. It, w- it was definitely at seven or around seven. Yeah. The difference is that these are flat out rockets with like capsules as opposed to, like we said before, it was like a basically an airplane. Big old jumbo but the jet. shuttle program was never meant to go too much beyond the Earth's atmosphere. You would well, never take yeah. a space shuttle to the moon, for right, example. Right. You need rockets with, you know, different phases. Yeah, and that's actually what's really cool about this Crew Dragon, which is the name of the, the capsule. Which is an awesome name. They've they, got good names for everything. They've got really good names. Heavy actually, Falcon. Yeah, the Falcon Heavy. Oh, Falcon Heavy. The, the name of the dummy inside? Yeah. Ripley. 
Yes, it's from good aliens. Name. Yeah, it's just cool. They just do stuff cool. Uh, except for the boat that catches them. Mr. Steven? <laughs> you don't love Mr. Steven? Okay, you don't know about this? You no. don't know about Mr. Steven? Okay, Mr. Steven is one of my favorite parts about SpaceX. Okay, so <laughs> there's a part of the shuttle that it's called the fairing. I don't know. I don't understand it that well, but when the rocket takes off, um, it's got some part that like has to jettison off. And uh, that part is the only part that's like not like totally. Um, you know, just like it doesn't land by itself. Yeah, so, it's not reusable. Yeah, so it, the the main like you know fuselage or what you think of a rocket, that part lands by itself. But then this other giant piece, um, they're over the ocean, so big parachutes come out, mm-hmm. and it, it normally just like lands in the ocean. They just pick it up with a boat. That's how it's, they've done it since the Apollo times. But it also kind of like ruins it, right? I think they can maybe clean it up and use it again. I don't know. But either way, they just drop it in the ocean. And they pick it up. Well. Again, Elon Musk and his whole thing about like reusability and like making everything cheaper and everything, like it's better to just catch that so we don't have to just like, you know, just waste it. So they have this boat and it's literally like, it's like a boat with a cartoon catcher's mask or a glove on the back. I'm picturing that scene in Dumbo when he's falling out of the burning tower and the clowns are like running around with the trampoline. You got it. That's exactly what it is. It's a boat. It's a boat that's, I think might be even drone controlled, but um, it's, you know, so there's like, GPS stuff in the fairing piece that's falling with parachutes. Yeah. And then there's like GPS guidance on the boat. So they're trying to meet. They're trying to like find wow. each other and meet. And it's way harder than it sounds. It, it sounds kind of no, easy. That like, sounds oh, high technical. Yeah, totally. So it's coming down. Even though it's on parachutes, it's coming down pretty fast. And the boat is out there with a giant net. His name is Mr. Steven. <laughs> and <laughs> it's is- trying to catch this piece. And it has missed every single time. And the last time was amazingly close. It got close. so close. Didn't it like bounce out? It, yeah, it, like touched it, and he thought it was gonna make it in the net, and then it just like rolled out. So, and everybody. Yeah, I feel like uh, they do like they have the right attitude about everything. Like it's they're making space fun. Yeah. Um, so while the Mr. Steven is not technically a good name for a, a space catching, I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. That's an amazing. You're name. rooting for it the whole time. You're like, come on, Mr. Steven, you can do it. <laughs> and even if he fails, you're like, oh, maybe next time. Oh, good Steven. job, Mr. Steven. Good you job, got buddy. This. Nice try. Yeah. So uh, it's really cool. I'm just like really excited about SpaceX. I love to watch it, and uh, I mean, it's just I think we're on the cusp of like an explosion of space, like the new space era. Well, there is kind of a space race going on right now because there's a little bit of um, conflicting opinions on who's going to get back to the moon first because China has actually a space program now that's making great strides. They've actually landed a bunch of probes on the moon for the first time. Yeah, and they're growing plants on the moon. Yeah. And I mean, the moon is American because there's an American flag on it. (laughs) True. Evidently. Yeah, there's no proof of that. That's true. Fun fact, the flags that are on the moon are now bleach white. I've heard that. Oh. Yeah, because there's no there's no atmosphere to block, to the, radiation. block the radiation. Well, that's all so theoretical because completely... we can't see them. We can't very see true. the flags. That's very true. Not even the Hubble, which is... That blows my mind. The Hubble telescope, which can see in deep space, it can't even see the Why? moon. Why? I think it's just because of it's the lenses close. or something. Maybe. I don't know. Sure. For some reason, we like can't, can't see... can't focus on the moon? Yeah, we can't see the flags. But that's... I mean, that's you can imagine that's perfect fodder for the people that are like, we never went to the moon. But yeah. the, the moon is important because if we are going to go to Mars, they yes. say like the moon is the main yep. lily pad that we're going to jump off of to get yeah, there. Yeah, you got to like stop even, at the moon. Maybe even set up a station there, like a base there. Yeah, like you could take off from the moon yep. too. I, yeah. I feel like it's kind of crazy because like I feel like a lot of people know about that stuff. The three of us obviously knew a lot about it. But like my wife didn't know really anything about SpaceX or what's happening. And I get that. Like, it's it's pretty nerdy in some ways. Yeah. But, like, it's also a pretty big deal that, like, we're we're getting way closer to, like, just regular people. I mean, not regular. I'm talking billionaires. But, yeah. You know, but, 
not astronauts. Yeah, just people. Just and go civilians. Into, just go into space. And and within our lifetime, we could become an interplanetary yes. race. That's, That's crazy to me. That I think that will happen in our lifetime. I've I've tried to encourage my daughter a lot because she's very into science, very into space. I'm like, you could be the she she's of the right age. I feel like she could possibly be one of the first people on Mars. Like you'll just never see her again. I'll never see her again, but she could be there. I'd encourage her if she wants to do that. If we got rockets that can land themselves, I feel pretty good that they could land on Mars and take back off again. Maybe. I mean, right now, of, theoretically though, it's like those like, that, especially that first crew that goes to Mars, they ain't coming back. It's yeah, true. they're just gonna go there and, and be there. They're yeah. gonna hang out. You gotta be prepared to not come back that's Which would be, just think how crazy that is because if they successfully land then there will forever be human remains on mars yeah 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 aliens yeah we, we will be the aliens that's right yeah on that note let's talk about <laughs> what we're gonna do with this podcast and the youtube channel yeah i'm excited about it um so the next time we record this podcast it will be the 17th of march st patrick's, patrick's day, patrick's day. Um, so mark your calendars uh we are going to be uh, actually live streaming the recording of this podcast on our YouTube channel. So hey, if, if you listen to this podcast and you're not familiar with our YouTube channel, uh, we have a Randomonium YouTube channel where we do a lot of random fun stuff. And part of kicking off what we call season three of that YouTube channel is kind of readdressing the relationship between our podcast and our YouTube channel. And to celebrate that, we're going to we're gonna do a live recording so everybody can kind of see what goes on as we do this. Yeah. Promises were made uh, a couple months ago when we got to the holiday season that we were going to reset and rethink how everything's going to work together. And we think we got some pretty good ideas on how we can move forward with the YouTube channel and this podcast. This podcast has been honestly just like really fun for us to do. And we just kind of just hang out and talk. And it's just really just us. It's kind of what we always do anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just with microphones in front of us. So we want to kind of bring, I mean, you guys have been listening to this podcast, which is really cool. We just want to bring more of this experience to our bigger audience, which is on YouTube, and have them kind of experience this too, and and, uh, and have fun along with us. Yeah. So we'll be uh, we'll be working on on that podcast at 9 p.m. Central on the 17th of March. Um, so you can set your reminders. Go to YouTube.com/randomonium, and you can hit the little bell. It'll let you know right when we right when we go live. Um, and we'll be we'll be live streaming the whole thing, so you actually could could get the podcast early which is kind of cool that's right so uh, i'm excited for that i've been really enjoying doing this podcast a whole lot so i'm excited to kind of expand things a bit more yeah season three starts up next week march 17th all right that'll do it for this episode of the randomonium podcast i'm john stom i'm danny gula i'm jeff mccullough peace out